Christian church, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Create diversions to distract us, to deter us, to get our focus off of the big picture or the more important matter. Amen. So today's message is create a diversion. And before I go too quick, how many know what that fish is right there? That's the angler fish, right? The angler fish makes his survival off of creating a diversion. Okay. He, he makes his survival off of creating a diversion. What he does is he lights up that, uh, that light on the top of his head and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's way down in the bottom of the ocean and it's so dark. Raise your hand if you've seen this fish. You know this fish? Ugly fish, creepy fish, right? I, I put a cartoon one so it didn't scare the kids. The next picture will scare the kids, amen? But this one is just like a cute one for the uh, title, but what it does is it, yeah, lights up way down in the ocean and all the prey can see is that light and they just think, oh wow, it's such a, a beautiful light. Let me go into the light, right? And then the fish sucks it up and he eats it, right? How many of you know that's what the enemy tries to do to the children of God? And the Bible also says that the enemy comes as an angel of light. And so he'll use all types of tactics that may look like light as a diversion. Amen. With a hidden agenda. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. A diversion is the act or an instance of straying from a course activity or use. Okay. What does the enemy want to do? He wants us to stray from a course. How many of you know God has a set course for your life? He has a plan for you. He has an agenda, a role for you to go. And how many of you know it's the devil's plan or intention to try to deviate you? How many of you know that God wanted you to be in church right here today? Amen. He intended for you to be here. But how many of you know the devil will try to create a diversion in your life to take you off of that course? How do I know that God wanted you to be here? Because there's scriptures. There's scriptures that says, do not forsake the assembly of believers as they will. It'll be popular in the last days. As some will be in the habit of doing that. And I believe we're in a time right now where there is a great falling away, where people are going to fall away from the faith. Amen. They're, they're, they're going to fall away from the truth. And it also says while, at that, while that is happening, while there's a great falling away, there is also going to be a great gathering of those, the Bible says, that they will gather together in great numbers to be uh, for their ears to be tickled, that they will go to uh, false prophets and false teachers and another gospel, that there'll be great swelling numbers they'll gather. That's what the Bible says. So while you have a great falling away, you're going to have a great gathering at the same time. Amen. But how many know that it is the devil's goal to create a diversion, to take you off the course or the activity that God gave you for your, for your life. Amen. The act or instance of straying from a course or activity or use. Deviation. How many know that's if the devil can't stop you, he'll try to deviate you. Amen. Have you ever had a day where you had a lot to do in one day and you just felt overwhelmed? 
You just had so much on your to-do list and you literally did nothing. How many have ever been there before? You just had a whole lot of stuff on your list and you, you just know because you're, 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 you could be like an overachiever, someone you just like to get things done and, and, and sometimes it could be overwhelming and you just don't do nothing. Yeah, it could wait. That happens. You see, that's what the enemy wants to do to the church. He wants to overwhelm us. He wants to cause us with create diversions so that we get nothing done. Amen? What else is a diversion? Something that distracts the mind or relaxes. See, there's, let, let me tell you this. The devil has no shortage of diversions. Right. He has a lot. And I'm only going to scratch the surface on this. I have to trust the Lord to minister to you directly upon what I'm saying, because there's so many layers of diversions that he could use. He, and I'm going to like I said, I'm just going to scratch the surface. Uh, and it says um, it's something that distracts the mind or relaxes. Or entertains, he could use something that entertains you to create a diversion, to take you away from the track. How many, how many will choose something that's entertaining over going to church? See, I've been doing prison ministry to the glory of God for 18, 18 some years. And the time that I would go down there was from one to three. Guess what? Who knows what happens from one to three on Sundays? Because I would go down there on Sundays from 1 to 3. Raise your hand if you know what's happening at 1 to 3 on Sundays. You sports folks, the Browns are playing. So, so then they had to choose whether they were going to go to church in jail. These are inmates I'm talking about. They had to choose, are they going to go to church and hear the word of God? And that was their only opportunity. I, all glory to God, I was the only person. Me and Deacon Frederick, and before Deacon Frederick was me and his grandpa, we were the only people in Ohio that went to do a church service on Sunday at that entire jail. It wasn't like there was the thousands of people. We were the only ones for years. And so my point is, is if they missed our service, they just missed out. And so what they would do, a lot of times they would choose the Browns game over choosing God. Now, I'm not here to beat up the Browns. They can do that to themselves. I love you guys. But I'm saying the Browns, again, I'm not trying to demonize them, but, but here's the thing. If you're in jail and that's your only chance to hear the word of God, would not the enemy use that as a deviation to take people away from missing the word of God? Because whether the Browns win or lose, is that going to uh, give them wisdom? And I'm not saying, and let me say this just to defend the Browns. I'm not saying there's no value because when you have the mind of Christ, God can give you value out of just about any. There's a lesson. There's something God can speak to you on that. I'm not saying that can't happen, but I'm just saying it's never going to prioritize hearing the unadulterated word of God. Amen. And so I would watch folks choose the Browns. They had that deviation over going to church. You see, when I got saved, I, God was priority in my life. I, I don't care what deviation was coming. I was going to make it to God's house because I, I knew that I needed it. I still need it. Amen. 
I still need it. I need it more now than ever before. And so there was a, a story of an inmate when, when his mother died. When his mother died, he, he chose not to go to church. And in the middle of the Browns game, in the middle of our church service, which we had from one to four, in the middle of it, he got a phone call from the, um, the uh, correction officer telling him that his mom had just died. Well, look at this. When his mom just died, he did not find comfort from the Browns. He ran out of the Browns game and interrupted, disrupted our service. And he went on his hands and feet in the middle of our service, crying and screaming that his mom just died. You see, so I'll tell you, there are some diversions that they may entertain you for a moment, but when it really comes down to it, it's not going to, there's nothing but Jesus will really satisfy the soul. Amen. And so sometimes if you're, it depends on what you're going through, whether that diversion will actually even work. Amen. Because when it gets, when times get hard enough, you, these things that are normally tempting uh, for diversions, man, you're going to take them diversions and throw them away and you're going to find your way to God. That, this is, and, and I believe that's going to happen as well, too. There's go, I believe there's going to be a revival. There's going to be folks that are lukewarm. It's not that they don't have any faith. They're just lacking a fire. They're lacking a commitment, a devotion. I believe there's going to be a fire lit under them because of what's going to transpire. There's a lot of diversions happening uh, all the time. We see it all over. I, I believe um, even with the Ukraine-Russian thing, now I'm not going to say that it's not valid, but I'm going to tell you this though. I believe that a diversion can be something that is legitimate. Please hear this. It could be something that's legitimate that's being used as a diversion, or it could be a flat, flat out, outright lie. The devil can create lies that are not even true and deceive people and use that as a diversion. Amen. So, so the devil is an opportunist. He will either create a false lie, a false flag, a lie of a diversion, or he will use something that's actually organically happening and he will use that to divert us. Meanwhile, something else is taking place behind the scenes. You see, even in the Bible, it does talk about uh, uh, Ukraine and Russia uh, towards a prophecy. And it, it talks about, if I have the scripture, it's Daniel uh, 7, 5. It talks about um, the bear um, re recuperating its three ribs or devouring the three ribs. And most folks will say that, um, that the bear is Russia, right? And some people are saying that a bear, why a bear of all things? Because a bear becomes aggressive when you mess with its cubs. And so the, they're saying that the, uh, Russia is saying that Ukraine was already his and thinks it's his, so he's trying to devour what he thinks is his, and, and so that, that has been going on. That's not a new thing. But here's the thing that I want to warn the church is be very cautious. Now, we took up an offering um, not for politics, not even for the government. We did not take up an offering for the government of Ukraine. Understand that. We did not take up an offering for Russia's government. We took up an offering for people. Amen. Amen. For hurting people. Amen. And so let me say this is that I've saw 
videos of politicians uh, trying to work both sides of the fence. And not, this is not, I'm not even stating my opinion. I'm going to state what I saw. I saw Obama telling uh, 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 Putin, uh, not knowing that he was being recorded, he say, oh, don't worry, after the election, I'll be more flexible. How many heard that? Or how many knew of that video? Right? So he said, yeah, when... when um, when the uh, when the election's over, I'll be more flexible. So he was. So you could see in the surface he was acting a certain way, but behind the scenes he was saying, "I'm going to be more flexible." What do you mean more flexible? He didn't know it was being recorded. And now Obama's coming on record uh, siding with the government of Ukraine. Why? Why is he playing both sides of the fence is my question. Um, Hillary was always talking about the Russian collusion. How many heard that? The Russian collusion, the Russian collusion. So it was almost like our government has wanted to go to war with Russia for years, like they were prepping us for it. And, and again, that's what I'm seeing. Now I also look at George Soros. George Soros, and I'm not going to even state my opinion on him, but just looking at what he's doing, um, George Soros, he has openly out of his mouth, right, he has funded Russia. I saw older videos. I, I don't know if it goes back to 1996, but I saw some older videos. He was just sending, pumping money with Russia, just feeding him money, right? And then... Now I see him talking about feeding money to Ukraine. So I see also we're talking about uh, creative diversion. A lot of these uh, tycoons, these billionaires, these folks that are in these secret societies and Rockefeller organizations, what they'll do is they will fund and they will finance both sides of the war. Right. They'll find they'll fund it. They'll supply both. Why? Because they make money of it. And my goal, my my belief, and I will tell you my opinion, I believe the ultimate goal for um, uh, the globalists, they want to create a one world order, a one world government. And it's going to prep for the mark of the beast and the Antichrist, which is going to come. I think that's the ultimate goal. And so the part is, is that there's a diversion being created. While our attention is on this Iraq and Ukrainian war, what's going on behind the scenes? What type of uh, freedoms are being taken away from the people? I'm hearing that they're deboing people's bank accounts and your, your Russia. They're just taking their, their money, shutting it down. Now, here's the thing. We always side with those that are suffering, right? But on the sense side, there are a lot of Russians who are not supporting their government. So we don't want to demonize Russian people or the Russian race because they don't always agree with what their government is doing. Same thing with, um, with um, uh, um, Hitler. The, the, the Germans, they were not all supporting uh, the Jews being annihilated just because they were German doesn't mean they all agreed. Maybe a lot of them did, but not all of them. So there are some folks that don't agree with what their government is doing. Uh, same thing with Ukraine. So I want to tell you this, that we have to make sure that we are not we have to be aware of what the enemy is doing. But we have to make sure that we are not totally blind to what's happening behind the scenes. This whole thing with the COVID and the, the vaccinations, I believe it was a great diversion. And while it was happening, why everyone was focused on COVID and focused on the vaccine and, and you got folks uh, uh, caught up in these things and you have all these things that are diversions. Before that, there were riots. Before that, there was um, 
uh, the, 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 the racial tension, and folks were caught up on that. There's always a different diversion to keep our eyes focused on what the enemy wants us to focus rather than what God wants us to focus on. And I got to tell you, we don't have to be deceived. We can, we can be aware of what's going on, but don't get caught up in it. Amen. Get caught up in the Lord because he's coming back for a bride. Amen. He's coming back for a church. Amen. Don't make sure you don't get caught up too much into the diversion that you miss being caught up into the clouds when Jesus is coming back for his church. Amen. Let the church say. Amen. Amen. Now let's get into the sermon. Someone said that's good already, Pastor. <laughs> Uh, an attack that draws attention and force of an enemy from the point of the principal operation. I want to say that again. That's good. This is the definition of a diversion still. An attack that draws the attention and the force of an enemy from the point of the principle of operation. While all this COVID restrictions and mandates were taking place, do you know that they're forcing the, the, the vaccination card, passport, they're forcing these laws where people cannot buy or sell unless they have this vaccination passport card. You see, the diversion is to get focused on this. Meanwhile, behind the, the scenes, whether it's legitimate or not, it's still a diversion. Whether the numbers have been fudged, whether things have been manipulated, whatever, it's a diversion. But what the goal, what the enemy did was use that to suck away people's freedoms and to oppress people. Amen. How many of you know that's what the devil wants to do? He wants to take away your freedom. He wants to oppress you. Amen. The enemy will look for even the smallest gap of vulnerability to try to wear us down. Amen. This is why a lot of us, we have gaps in our lives. We have little windows and little doors that are open for the enemy to try to mess with us. Amen. And, and if we have even the smallest gap, the smallest little window, the enemy can use that to try and wear us down. Amen. Sister Ron, you have more children. Do you want to do the children's church? Do you want her to do the children's church? It's up to you. I just want to throw that in there just in case, in case you did. The enemy will look for even the smallest gap of vulnerability to try and wear us down. Sister Rhonda has something prepared for the children's church. I know she did, so I, uh, I, want, to, I want to honor that. She, she had something. Okay, enemy will look for the smallest gap of vulnerability to try and wear us down. And then Nehemiah 6.1, it says, And the word came to Sanballat, uh, Tobiah, uh, Gisham, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall. Okay, how many know the enemy is up to what he knows what you're doing? 
He, he's aware of what you're doing. And when he catches wind of it, you know what he's going to do? Especially if God is using you. If the enemy knows you're praying, if you're witnessing, if you're leading people to the Lord, if you're growing, even if your own soul is being worked out. Amen. The Bible says work out your salvation with fear and godly trouble. Even if he sees that your own soul is getting saved, if you are growing, he's going to attack you. Amen. The word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Gisham, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it. In other words, he was saying, Nehemiah was saying, I built this wall and it was perfect. There was no gaps in it, no vulnerability. It was totally covered. I covered all my bases. And a lot of times there are certain places in life where we feel we're in a position of advantage. We feel like we're strong. We feel like we covered all balances and, and, and we covered all, we dotted all our I's and crossed all our T's and we, we got all bases worked out. But look at what he says right here. He said, I rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates. So there was one gap, which was a door that was an area of vulnerability, and the enemy used that door to harass him, to grieve him, to stress him, to frustrate him. Look, let's, let's get into this story because I'm not going to jump all over today. We're going to just kind of marinate from this story. And again, the title is Create a Diversion. Amen? Because this is what the enemy wants to do. The same thing he's trying to do to uh, Nehemiah, he wants to do to us. Amen. He's going to look for a gap in our life, a window where he can come in and mess with us. Amen. And do you ever feel like um, had you have known all this trouble was going to happen, you would have made different choices? Anyone ever feel that way before? Had I known that in this little area that I neglected, in this little place in my life, had I known it was going to cause all this grief, man, I would have put two doors on there. <laughs> right? We feel that way. There's an old saying, hindsight is better than foresight, right? If you could look back, you would do... How many, being real, if you could look back to your whole life, how many of you would have made some different choices in your life? Hold up. How many of you would have made a couple different choices in your life looking back? Just one or two. Hold up. I'm raising both my hands and my foot. Even my other foot, because if I don't fall. Amen. I would have... If you guys know my testimony, I would have made all kinds of different choices. Amen. And I'm not saying God didn't use that, um, that he doesn't use it, because that's how great our God is, is. Even our wrong choices, he can turn those around and, and use them as a testimony and to witness and everything. Amen. And that's how good God is. So here it is. He said, I had not set the doors in the gates. And Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages a, on the plan of Uno, uh, but they were scheming to harm me. 
You see that they were trying to create a diversion for Nehemiah to get him to stop the work that God called him to do. And he knew that they were trying to create this diversion to harm him. How many of you know a lot of diversions that you see that's uh, happening right now? It's not in your best interest. It's designed. A lot of diversions that are created are designed to harm you. And a diversion, again, is not necessarily an illusion, although an illusion can be a diversion. A diversion is not necessarily an illusion, but an illusion can be a diversion. Amen. And so it says, but they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and I cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me this same message, and each time I gave the same answer. Do you know the enemy will keep coming at you with the same question to try to get you to deviate from his diversion that he created and to try to get you to change your speech, change your opinion, change the word of God, change your confession. Our confessions as Christians is I am blessed and highly favored. I am healed. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the enemy, if he can't get you to contradict God's word, he'll keep at you with the same question. And I believe it was at this time that Nehemiah said, man, I wish I would have put that door up. Because that was the entry point in which the enemy was using to try to wear him down. Do you see that? I want to talk to you today about create a diversion. If intimidation and fear doesn't work, the enemy will make a false accusation to divert us from the will of God. Amen? I want to say that again. Let that resonate deep within your spirit. If inti- How many you know the devil op- operates in intimidation? He wants to intimidate you. And a lot of times, he will make himself greater than he actually is. He will try to intimidate you. The only way that he can even come close to intimidating us is by trying to minimize our God. Do you see that? If he can belittle our God, if he can devalue our God, de- unthrone our God, then he can easier be e- it'll be easier for him to intimidate us. How many of you know that's why a lot of communist countries what they'll do is they will nullify any church. They will nullify the Christians. They will attack those that believe in God because they know that they will lose control over a free will people being led with the Holy Spirit. So that's why they will create diversions to try to take out the church. Who was under gunfire the whole last two years? Where were we told that we could not go? We could not go to church. Uh, Trump uh, had to make an effort to say the church is essential. Now, most people never even heard that. They don't even know that he said that. 
But he did. He, but why did he have to say that church is essential? Because they were saying that we could not gather. They were telling us that we were not allowed to go to church on Easter. Creating a diversion to take us off course. Amen? If intimidation and fear doesn't work, the enemy will make false accusations to divert us from the will of God. Nehemiah 6, 5, it says, Then the fifth time the Sanballat sent his aid uh, to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter. Now, the details of this is interesting. Why was it unsealed? Because when you receive a letter from a king, doesn't it have to have a stamp on it? Doesn't it have to have that wax seal with the ring and they put it on there to seal it? If you get a letter from the post office and they put that stamp on it, aren't they saying that that letter has been untampered? It's been sealed. And how many of you know if you open up someone else's mail, that is a federal offense. You're not allowed to do that. Neither were you back then. But look at the letter that he got. So basically, he's making a note that this was an unsealed letter. In other words, I can't trust the report. How many know you cannot trust the report of the enemy? Amen. It said, and in his hand was an unsealed letter, which was written, it is reported among the nations uh, and uh, Gisham says it is true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt. Was he pro that that's create a, um, a riot, a rebellion, anarchy? Was that what he was trying to do? Did God tell Nehemiah to create a, a, a revolt, to create a riot? Or did God tell him to build the wall? You see, if the enemy can't create a diversion that gets you away from God, then he'll just make up lies on you. But first, he'll try to do all types of tactics, and the tactics will switch. That's why the Bible says that we are wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. It is reported among the nations, and uh, Geshem says it is true. If it's true, why do you need all these witnesses against me? You see, when the enemy has a weak case against you, you try to get a lot of witnesses to test a lie and falsify and prophesy. That you and the Jews are plotting to revolt and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king. More lies. And you have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. And there is a king in Judah. Now this report, we get back to the king. So come, let us meet together. So here, he would not meet for this reason. Now he's trying to get him to meet for another. He's making up stories to try to create a diversion to get him to stop from the track that God has him on. Can the church say... Amen. Some would say, homie, don't play that.
You see, the Bible talks about uh, that back to that bear eating up the three ribs, which is in the prophecy of Daniel 7, 5. It talks about eventually that that bear is going to turn on Israel, right? And the nations of the world are going to attack Israel. And when that happens, amen, it is the platform of the, 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 uh, the, um, the great tribulation, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, all these things are going to happen. So it's not if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So anytime you see uh, countries that are in the vicinity getting antsy around Israel, you know it's time to get right with God. You know it's time to, to reach out for souls that are within your reach because you know the time is running out. It's not time to play. You see, the greater the objective, the greater the diversion. You see that the more serious the task that God has given you, the more the enemy will create a diversion because he sees you as a threat. Let us meet together. You ever have someone want to meet with you? Trying to meet up with you? For what? Can my wife be there? Or this got to be a secret meeting? Let us meet together. And Nehemiah, I like Nehemiah. Look at his response. Nehemiah 6.8, he said, I sent him this reply. Nothing what you are saying is happening. There are a lot of diversions that have happened over this last three, four years. A lot of stuff that they're saying is not happening. I'm not saying there's no truth to it. I'm saying a lot of it is not happening. I'll just say this. I've eyewitnessed things that are different from what I've been told on certain diversions, and they don't line up. Amen. Sometimes you need to speak against the enemy and tell him when he's trying to create a diversion in your life. Look at what he said. He said, I said to this, this reply, nothing, not even a little bit, nothing like what you are saying is happening. Nothing. He said, but you are just making it up out of your head. In other words, he's telling the enemy who's trying to create a diversion. He's saying you're delusional. You're making this up out of your head. It's not true. And not only is it not true, I'm not falling for it. Go tell that to some other poor sap. But you got the wrong one today, devil. I see your diversion. A diversion. And folks, embrace this point right here. This will bless you. A diversion only has as much power as we give it and how we respond to it. I'm going to say that again. A diversion only has as much power as we give it and how we respond to it. How are you responding to all the diversions that are happening now? You see, because one of the tactics of the enemy, and I said it before, he'll create diversions to try to wear us down. The Bible talks about um, that the enemy in the last days, he will try to wear out the saints. 
Does anyone ever feel like they're trying to be, the people are trying to wear them out? And even with the news and what's happening with all these, uh, these highlights of what's happening, do you ever feel like it's wearing you out? You see, because that's not God. I'm going to tell you what God does. God gives you energy. God gives you peace. God gives you joy. And if there is a diversion that's taking away your peace, taking away your joy, taking away your energy, it's wearing you down, sucking the energy out of you, then that is a diversion not from God, but actually from the enemy to take you off the course that God had planned for you. A diversion only has as much power as we give it. You see, how many of you know that the enemy is restricted to how he can approach you? Do you know that he could not even lay a finger on Job? He couldn't even approach Job without God's permission. Now, that is true for the saints of God. That's true for us. Because we are covered under the blood of Jesus. We are sanctified. We are set apart. We are a chosen generation. The enemy has no access to us. But for the world, for those that are not saved, the enemy already has them. They're already under his control. It's only until we get free in Jesus that we break free from that. So my point is this, is that after you are set free, after you are saved, after you're filled with the Holy Spirit, after you're covered under the blood of Jesus, the enemy has no access to you, but that which you give him. And if you stop giving him your undivided attention, he might have a temper tantrum or a hissy fit, but laugh, laugh at him. And move on about your business. Nehemiah said, you're making this up out of your own head. A diversion only has as much power as we give it and how we respond to it. And Nehemiah 6.9, says, and they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. How many know the enemy thinks that you have weak hands? He thinks that what you're doing, you're not going to be successful. He thinks that what you're doing, he's going to be able to stop you. How many know he can't stop you? He can't even slow you down unless you welcome him into your life. He said they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and that will not be completed, but I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delilah, uh, and the son of Methatibal, who was shut in at his home, he said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us go close and, and close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you by night. They are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. 
In other words, I don't care how many you're trying to use my religion against me. You're trying to use my beliefs against me. You're trying to use my Bible. Again. How many you know the devil tried to use the word of God when he tempted Jesus 40 days and 40 nights? He's quoting scriptures. The enemy will try to create all kinds of diversions. But look at what his prayer was. He said, when you're going through a diversion and you're not sure how to handle it, all you got to do is say, Lord, I pray that you strengthen my hands. Lord, I pray that you give me wisdom over this situation. Lord, I need your help. How many know God loves when his children come to him? Amen. Come to him, the Lord is saying. Come to him and he will strengthen your hands. He will empower you. If there is a gap in your life that you know. You know there's a gap in your life. You know the enemy's coming in with his messengers trying to harass you, antagonize you, bribe you, threaten you. You can pray and say, Lord, help me to put them doors back and close that gap so that the enemy no longer has access to me. You see, while all this stuff is happening with, uh, the, the, with Russia, Ukraine, they're talking about uh, China and Taiwan. They're talking about all these things that's happening, right? While that's happening, we have this gap in our own personal borders. And you got illegal drug cartel doing the limbo, marching through our borders on our country. Uh, they're, they're, they're arresting, I just saw an article, they arrested 30 murderers and drug dealers and rapists that they're coming through our borders. Thousands of them are coming all over. You see, and while our focus is over here on Ukraine and Russia, the enemy's coming in from the gap. Why? Why does he care? Why come to America? America is so horrible. Isn't that what we're being told 24-7? Why come here if it's so horrible? It's such a bad country. We're bad people. We're all racist. We're all bad people over here. We're a bad country, but yet thousands of people are breaking the law and risking their lives to flood in every day. Why? What's going on? Because there is a diversion taking place. Why? What do they want to do? They want to water down our country so that they can have a global power over the, the, the money, the currency, everything. They're even establishing a, a one world religion where in order for you to go to God, you have to go their way and their religion that they are establishing. I'm telling you, this online stuff, I'm telling you, it has a date on it, an expiration date. As I said, I'm not giving up any territory, but these things, are. there's going to be a date. Now, I don't know whether I'm going to be here to see that date or not, but it's going to come to a stop, believe, believe me. But I'm trusting I'm going to be raptured up, up out of here. Take me home, Lord. I've seen enough, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. Lord, they're losing their minds, Lord. Lord, they can't figure out what bathroom to go into, Lord. Help me, Lord. Strengthen my hands. Come quick. I can't take it, Lord. They're lying on me. Oh, man. Look at this. Strengthen my hands. Ain't that a fair prayer for us? 
Lord, strengthen. Do you know that God can strengthen your hands? I don't care what gap you have in your life. It's not too hard for the Lord. And I'll tell you, when that gap is uh, taken care of, it'll be God's glory. You'll have a testimony that I had this gap in my life, but God came in. The enemy rose up against me, but God came in like a flood and wiped out my enemies. The enemy is handicapped when we stand in faith despite his fear and intimidation tactics. You see that? All glory to God, but we kept moving forward. Throughout all this, uh, all this uh, um, diversions, all this stuff, the distractions, all this, we, we kept moving forward. A lot of folks were shutting down. They were afraid to leave their house. We kept moving forward. You see, because if you refuse to bow down to the intimidation and fear tactics of the enemy, do you know that your faith in God actually handicaps him? He, you, you strip him of his power. That's why everything, the, the attacks were on God, the Bible, the church. That's why they're arresting pastors in different countries. Why? Because they know if we can stand on faith, our faith is greater than fear. We can overcome all the fiery darts of the enemy enemy through the word of God. The enemy knows it. Amen. Do you know right now the, um, what is it? The who the world health organization right now, do you know that they're establishing or established laws and planning for the next plan scamdemic, the next pandemic. Do you know that they're establishing laws right now that will supersede our constitution? That's what they're trying to do right now. While we're focused on this, while we're focused on this, they're trying to come in because they know that America is the one that will go into other countries and fight for other people's freedoms. They know that when other countries are being attacked and overtaken, they know that America will come through. They know America has the right to bear arms and we can defend ourselves and we have a constitution of freedom. So they're after that. They're going after that and they're trying to use the, the WHO, the World Health Organization, to secretly, behind the scenes, they're trying to they're create a global, a global uh, uh, one world order. They call it the Great Reset. And I know 90% of you already know what I'm talking. They're trying to create the Great Reset. All these things are happening. So, so don't be caught up in these diversions. I'm telling you. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the author and the finisher. And I'm going to tell you, God is going to have the last laugh. He who lasts first, lasts last. God is going to laugh first and last. Amen. Believe me, he's going to laugh at the enemy. Laugh at, at his greatest attack. All these things, God, he can't go past God. He can't defeat God. He can't stop God. The only thing he could do is try to manipulate, try to deceive, try to tempt, try to lure people into his insanity. Amen. But Nehemiah said, you made this up out of your own head. You're making it up. You have a right to call the enemy out on his Oscar Mayer baloney. You can call him out. His Eckridge. 
liar. You made this up. Stand in faith. Look at this. It said, Nehemiah 6.12 said, I realize that God hath, had not sent him. Do you realize there's some people that will come into your life that God did not send? To try to create a diversion. I realized that God had not sent him that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and the sand ballot had hired him. You see, the enemy, if he can't get you to get caught up in a diversion, he will hire people to come against you. Amen. That's a compliment. When the enemy, as greedy and tight as he is, the love of money is the root of all evil. When the enemy sees a value of what you're doing, that he will hire people to come against you. Amen. You know you're doing something right at that point. Amen. Amen. He said he had been hired to intimidate me. He said he had hired him and, and he had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this and that they would give me a bad name. How many of you know the enemy is after your name? He's after your reputation, after your title, after your, not your title, but your uh, testimony. Thank you, God. The enemy is after your testimony. He wants to defile your name because you use the name of Jesus. They would give me a bad name to discredit me. Remember Tobiah and, and Sam Ballot? My God, because of what they have done, remember also the prophet Nadia, how, how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. You see, the enemy will use other religious figures to try to attack you, discourage you, intimidate you, lie on you. This is what's happening to Nehemiah while he's building. All Nehemiah did was what God told him to do. Nothing more. He was literally doing what God told him to do. And now they got all these prophets trying to intimidate him. Amen. Using the name of God. Ain't that something? And so the wall was completed on the 25th of Elo in, 50, in 52 days. When God is leading us, all of our enemies will be embarrassed to think they could stop what God was doing. Let me say that again. When God is leading us, all our enemies will be embarrassed to think they could stop what God is doing. Nehemiah 6.16, it says, And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard this, not some, look at the wording, when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen, how many heathen? Just a few of them? All of them that were about us saw these things and were much, not a little bit, much cast down with their own eyes. In other words, when they saw that all of their resources, all of their power, all of their connections, all of their false prophets, all of their lies, all of their intimidations, all of their bribery, all their resources, with all the glory of that, came against one single man of God, and when God was said and done, they walked away shamefaced. They couldn't even look up in the air anymore. They had to look down to the ground they couldn't even look the man of God in his own eyes 
when God got done with them because they could not stop what God was doing. If God be for me, who could be against me? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Uh, now, 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 good thing I'm not Nehemiah. It's a good thing because the Bible would be written differently. It would say, and, and Pastor Joseph finished the work and he created the wall. And all the, the heathen and all the, the false prophets walked by with their hands on the ground. And then Pastor Kalini was throwing eggs at them as they were walking away, laughing at them, mocking them. I'd have dumped out spoiled milk on their heads after all the grief and aggravation. See, that's why I'm not Nehemiah, amen? <laughs> and it said, and the heathen and all that were about us, they were much cast down. You see, God will make it that your enemy, if you can just stay on course, if you cannot be sidetracked from the deviations and the diversions that are being created for your destruction, keep your eyes focused on God. How many right now, by a show of hands, you have more peace being in this house right now? I want you to remember, you have more peace. How many came in with a little bit of stress before you came in? How many feel that stress lifted off of you? Remember that. Remember that the enemy will try to get you to forget. He'll try to use these diversions. But God will take stress off of you. He'll take pressure off of you. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's how you know you're in the presence of God. We don't need a hundred people to be in the presence of God. We don't need a thousand people in the church to do what God called us to do. God is looking for a few good men that will be faithful to what God called them to do. For they perceived that this work was wrought of God. Even your enemies will testify for you after it's all said and done. Isn't that what they tried to do to Peter? Peter, oh, we're going to put you in jail if you keep talking about this Jesus guy. We're going we're to lock you up. Peter said it's better to obey God than man. I hear you. Misquoting Romans. <laughs> It's better to obey God than man. It ain't saying there ain't never time not to obey man, because there is too. But when a push comes to shove, we have to stick with God's word. Amen. For they perceive that this work was wrought of our God. I like that detail too. Not their God. It wasn't their God that completed it. Their God was trying to stop it. You see that? It was our God. When God creates a diversion for us, it will wipe out all of our enemies. So, so remember in the beginning, for those of you that are still with me, in the beginning I said, I'm going to talk about different diversions coming from different enemies. Some diversions are created by our enemy. But you don't think our God's got some diversions out there too? Amen. Believe me, our God can create a diversion that will annihilate our enemies. Amen. Two can play at this diversion game. 
Amen. That's why the title is Create a Diversion. I didn't say who's creating the diversion. There are different folks creating different diversions. While the enemy's out there creating one diversion, how many know God's out there creating another diversion? Amen. And his diversion will not return back void. It will not be defeated. It will not be stopped. It will not be outdone. As I said before, God will just issue one of his least, his lowest, least ranking angels and tell him, go handle my lightweight for me, my lightweight work. And just have him wipe out his lowest ranking angel. I'm talking about an angel. If he just looked like he put his pants on backwards, his hair's all frazzled, teeth ain't brushed. Just a stinky angel, his lowest ranking angel will wipe out the greatest weapons of the enemy. Amen. Remember that weapons of mass destruction? How many know there's been some diversions created? Probably some of you guys can think of more than I can. All kinds of diversions that you heard one story and you found out something else behind the scenes was happening. Amen. How many of you know God, even if we don't, God always knows what's happening behind the scenes. Amen. And sometimes it's not even our calling or our role or our responsibility to always know what's happening behind the scenes. I think sometimes God don't put more on us than we, we need. Amen. He knows what we can handle and what we can't, but we can handle all things through, through him. Amen. Amen. Through him. When God creates a diversion for us, it will wipe out all of our enemies. In Judges 7.20, and for those of you that are getting just a tiny bit antsy, I'm with you. I'm almost done. Amen. But don't rush me. Amen. I'm almost done, but don't rush me. Almost done. In Judges 7.20, it says, And the three companies blew the trumpets, and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands and blew with all. And they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. If that ain't a diversion, I don't know what is. That was a diversion that God told. How many know God will tell you to do things that will be diversions for the enemy? And I'll tell you, God will tell you to do some things that just are just really weird. I don't know how else to better phrase it. God will tell you some, to do some things that just don't, are unusual. And I'm telling you, if you can really hear from God and he tells you to do some things that you normally would not do, not contradict his word. Just like for that example, there was a time where God, I was riding an RTA bus. I had a, a suspended I had no driver's license, no car, no place to live, no job, no school. I, I was single by myself, poorer than poor, couldn't afford the OR at poor. And, and, and God told me to get off like a half a mile before my actual destination. And he told me to go into this Chinese place that was uh, um, hiring. And I went into this place. I had no car, no license, no place to live, uh, just barely shake away from homeless. I actually was homeless right around that time, right before that time. And um, God, God told me to go off to this place. I had no idea why. I went in there. Long story short, the lady hired me without a license, 
without a car. I told her I couldn't miss my church service. I told her I would, could not work on my church service days. Back then, I had service. I was a deacon. I had church on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. The lady said, no problem. You'll work Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and Saturday, and we won't make you work on your church days. Without a license, they were hiring for a driver. And they hired me without a car, without a license, as a, as a, just to answer phones until I got my car. And within one week, I ended up getting a license, a car, a job, uh, and then I enrolled in college at Tri-C. And, and just in one way, but what happened was God told me to do something that was weird. And God, through obeying him, all this stuff, just like this. How many know God can change your situation like with one snap? All your problems, all your struggles, God can just one little thing and boom, it's done. That's how powerful he is. And so in this situation, he told them to break pottery and to blow trumpets and yell a sword for the Lord. A sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp and around the host and cried. And it says, and all the host ran, cried and fled. So they didn't even have to fight. How I many know when there's certain things that are happening, God will fight for you. The battle is the Lord's. It's not yours. God will take on your battle and wipe them out. You won't even have to lift a finger. He'll have you do something weird, you know, like break pottery and blow a trumpet and a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. You don't even know what you're doing. Like, Lord, are you sure about this? Meanwhile, he threw the enemy into a spirit of confusion and they wiped out themselves. See, God's got some diversions too. Don't worry. No, enemy don't got a monopoly on diversions. He's got some diversions. But so does God. How many know God wants to use us? God wants to use us. I'm going to say it again. God wants to use us for some of these diversions that will wipe out the enemy. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp and all the hosts and cried and fled. Do you know how good that must have made Gideon feel to watch his enemies that were trying to wipe out his family, all that he loved? To watch the enemies run crying. How much joy do you get from that? Unless, is it just me? <laughs> Am I the only one who likes to see the enemy running and crying? Better them than me. And the 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow. The same sword that the enemy brought to destroy Gideon, that very sword that they thought they were going to use to wipe out God's people was the same sword that God used to wipe out themselves. Do you hear that? The same sword, the same sword that people are trying to come against you. God will use their own sword. Those that live by the sword die by the sword. 
For whatsoever a man soweth, that which he will reap. And 300 blew their trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellows, even throughout all the hosts. And the hosts fled to Bathsheba and Zerah, and to the border of Abeleth and Tabith. How I many you know God wants to chase out your enemies back to a border, to a boundary? Not every diversion deserves our acknowledgement. Some diversions that come our way, God doesn't even want us to acknowledge it. How many of that's though the devil could just try to get us to acknowledge things that we're not supposed to acknowledge? How many know the Bible says acknowledge the Lord? Acknowledge the Lord and all thy ways. That means acknowledge the Lord in every area of your life. Whether you know you're doing good and the enemy's trying to come against you, acknowledge, acknowledge the Lord. If you know there's some temptation or some things that you're struggling with, acknowledge the Lord. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. And he shall direct thy path. Not every diversion deserves our acknowledgement. And John 8, 4. It said, and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap. Do you know some diversions are a trap? Some diversions are simply a trap. And if you acknowledge anything at all, you will fall for the trap. If you say anything, they'll use whatever you say against you. That's why it says that the, our, uh, uh, the fifth amendment, what's the fifth amendment? You have a right to remain silent. Amen. You, you have a right to remain silent because the enemy will use your words against you. Amen. It says, and they were using this question as a trap. Some questions that, that we receive in this life, we don't need to answer them. <laughs> what do you got to say about that? Nothing. What do you got to say? They were using this as a question, as a trap. Now, I learned on Facebook, it doesn't matter what side I take of anything. I got a legion of trolls waiting to tear me apart. I blocked thousands of people because it's quicker to block them than it is to, to, to go back and forth. How many of you know, I, I did a post uh, called something about like God did not call us to argue about all these things. God called us to win souls to Jesus. Do you know even that post, people were trying to argue with me about that? The, the, the post was about not arguing, and they were trying to argue with a pastor about a post. And I, there's Bible verses that says, do not argue, do not strive with people. 
don't argue. And they're still trying to argue. I'm telling you, and, and some folks, they won't like anything that you do. They won't ever encourage you. They will never support you. They will never like anything you do about anything. And you could be doing great things, and they don't like nothing. But they just look. They're not there to encourage you. They're not there to support you. They're there waiting for an opportunity to argue with you. And they're Johnny on the spot with that. You know what? I just thought of something. Thank you, God. I think it's God. I think. I'm going to add that in there. I think it was God. Next time someone tries to argue with me about something, especially on Facebook, and they say, well, you're not supposed to argue. I'm going to be like, you know what? Our church has taken up an offering. If you're interested, you'd like to donate to our church. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give the portals to where they can donate. I mean, that's how you do it. The enemies. And you can do the same thing, right? When someone, when someone tries to harass you, you know, our church has taken up offerings, you know. Or you don't have to do it towards our church. You could be like, my son needs this, um, this uh, new uh, coat. If you wanted to contribute to that, start asking people for money that are harassing you. That had to have been from God. I don't know. I don't know. But folks that are harassing you and finding fault, ask them for money. I'm telling you, they will go. They will leave. It's got to be. It's got to be God. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good, though. It's got to work, though. I'm going to start doing it. Amen. You work out your own salvation. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God will give you wisdom on how to handle folks. Amen. That's what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to set a link. For donation. <laughs> That's going to be my response. Amen. God is good. It says, look at what happened. It, it says, this woman was caught in an act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. In other words, Jesus did not acknowledge this diversion. He didn't even look at them. He didn't respond to them. Could you imagine you're talking to someone and right in the middle of the question, they don't even respond to you. They just get down on their hands and knees and start writing stuff in the, the thing. You see, God will give you wisdom on how to throw the enemy off. And that's literally what happened. When God is involved, he will turn the diversion around on the distractor. I'm going to say that again, folks. When God is involved, he will turn the diversion around on the distractor. In other words, the same thing that they were trying to use a diversion against you, when God's hand is in it, he will turn that same diversion around back on them. Amen? John 8, 7. This is my last scripture. And then we're going to do prayer and we're going to close. Amen? But I don't want to, I don't want to rush. I feel it's good today. Amen? John 8, 7, it says, When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stood down and, and wrote on the ground. And at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older one first 
until only Jesus was left. And with the woman standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are thy? Hath no one to condemn you. And so that same diversion that they tried to use to attack and trap Jesus, he wrote something on the sand. We don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a cookie recipe. I don't know what it was. Matzo ball soup. Whatever he wrote on the ground, it was enough to turn that diversion back on them. And they all left. Christian Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me.